Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we're being reminded not to let fear and anxiety take control. Can I remind you that you may think that God is late, but God isn't on the same timetable that you're on. In fact, God's ways are higher than your ways, and God's understanding is higher than your understanding, and what seems late to you might be right on time for God. You can't tell God, hey God, I think you're a little late. God is never late. Hello, never. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and also senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Today we're going to talk about courage. So Mark, let me ask you, how do you define courage? Well, some people define courage as the absence of fear, but I would disagree. Okay. I think courage is the inner strength to do what is right in spite of your fear. I like that, yeah. I think you can be courageous and still struggle with with fear. And so courage gives us the capacity to take the steps we need to take in spite of the fear and anxiety that we may have. Well, let's get into this message now. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 13. The title, Courage Forward in the Face of Fear. Here's Mark Job. Says some Hebrews had even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained in Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. Now here's the scenario: Saul had been appointed as king, yet he hadn't been tested yet. When you're appointed to a job for the first time, a test will always come. How many of you know that? Uh, you're a substitute teacher; the kids are going to test you. It's your first day on the job and you're a sheet metal worker. Hey, you're going to be tested. Uh, Every one of us have had a first job. And every one of us have been tested to one degree or another. And there's always a time where it comes your big, big test. Now, Saul had been king for a few months already, about a year already. But this was his first big test. And I think that it's in the moment of the test, it's in the heat of a test, that we discover truths about ourselves that cannot be revealed other, in other situations. It's when the pressure is on. It's when the stress is there. It's when the decisions have to be made that you see things and learn things about yourself that you probably can't learn any other way. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, man, my job right now is super, super stressful. Man, I'm really under the gun. Then I bet right now you're learning a lot about yourself. So this could be a self-discovery time. So Saul, his very first test, and I believe we learn more about the heart of Saul in his first test than almost any other place. In fact, after his first test, Samuel goes up to Saul and says, Saul, you blew it. In fact, Saul... God had plans and destiny for you, but you have blown it so bad that God's going to have to give your kingdom over to another man, a man after his own heart. And I asked myself, well, what was the problem with Saul? What is it that he lacked that David had? And I think the thing that stands out is courage. And so if you will uh, read in your Bibles with me, these, uh, the Philistine armies are gathering against the Israeli armies at Gilgal. Saul has never led a battle before. It says that the troops that were with him were quaking with fear, shaking in their boots. 
And it says, he waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal and Saul's men began to scatter. If you recall, Samuel is the prophet, the man that anointed Saul to be king. And before an army went out for battle, it tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 20, that the priest was to bless the army and ask for the favor of God for their battle. And so Samuel the prophet had told Saul, Saul, I want you to wait for seven days at Gilgal. I will come there. I will offer a burnt offering and then you can go to war. So that's the scenario. But in the meantime, while they're waiting these seven days, the troops are gathering, they see the Philistine army and they're shaking. In fact, they're so terrorized by the Philistine armies that they're running, they're hiding in caves, they're fleeing the country. I mean, they're scattering, they're shaking in their boots. And so Saul, it tells us, um, Saul said in verse nine, bring the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. And Saul offered up the burnt offering just as he has finished making the offering. Samuel arrived and Saul went out to greet him. Verse 11, what have you done? Asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought now the Philistines will come down against me and I have not sought the Lord's favor, so I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. All right, if you're taking notes this morning, I want to talk to you about what it means, the difference between having courage and fear rule your life. Let me define courage. This is the Mark Job definition of courage. I believe, I believe that courage is the inner strength to do what is right in spite of your fear. Uh, sometimes we think that courage is having no fear. I don't believe that. I believe that courage is having the inner compulsion and strength and determination to do what's right even when we're afraid. You see, it's when you face your fears and say, I will not let fear rule me. I will do what I know I need to do, even though I'm afraid. Amen. I, I just came back from Pine Trails Camp in Michigan, and there's a zig line, one of these lines that you strap yourself onto, and then you jump off a platform and you kind of zig across. And uh, this is probably 100 feet in the air, and you get on in a platform, and one of the ladies had been watching these young kids do it, and she decided, hey, I want to do that too. So she got on that platform about 100 feet in the air, and we were all down there watching her. And I could tell right away there was fear written all over her face. And so just to encourage her a little bit from the bottom, we said, okay, one, two, three, jump. And there she sat. So let's do it again. One, two, three, jump. And I could see her hands grabbing tighter onto the platform. And then this just fear written all over her face. And finally, on her own compulsion, she jumped. I actually snapped a picture of her as she was traveling through the air. And there was fear all over her face. But you see, courage is that inner strength that causes you to face your fear and do what you've determined to do regardless of how you feel inside. You see, that's courage. And I look at Saul's heart, and I want to give you just some observations about Saul because I think that 
in this area of courage, I think we need to understand this. First of all, if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. Fear will cause us to exit the waiting room through the doorway of compromise. Now, we've talked about this before, but it's such a powerful lesson. I believe that, you see, Saul was waiting, but he got tired of waiting because he felt like God was too late. Every one of us here, we get stuck in the waiting room of life sometimes. Sometimes you're waiting for a job to come through. Sometimes you're waiting for a wife to get pregnant. Sometimes you're waiting for that husband to come along and so that you can finally marry him. Uh, sometimes you're waiting for uh, your financial circumstances to change. But we all get stuck in a waiting room. And I tell you what, waiting rooms are hard, aren't they? I don't like to wait. I don't like waiting rooms at all. You get stuck at a doctor's office and just kind of read some... 1986 version of Reader's Digest sitting on the table there. Or you get stuck at a stoplight. And I always think, is this stoplight broken? Because it sure seems like a long time. But there's other tests in life that are even greater. Uh, not the little waiting that you have to do. It's, not, it's bigger than being stuck in a grocery line with someone that has 25 coupons in front of you. No, no, I'm talking about bigger things than that. I'm talking about waiting for a doctor's report because you've had a mammogram and you're afraid, you're not sure if that lump is malignant or benign. I'm talking about the test of waiting for that response on that job interview because you really need a job right now, really need to pay your bills, and you're not sure if they said yes or no. I'm talking about the waiting room of trying to survive the teenage years with your son or daughter and really waiting for them to come back to God or respond when it's a tough time. I'm talking about the waiting rooms that test the fabric of your faith that push you to the limit, that really make you want to say, God, can I still stay in this waiting room? And I believe that here's what happens with the waiting rooms, that oftentimes God puts us in the waiting room of life to test our character, to see how much we're going to trust him. But here's the thing about waiting rooms. Waiting rooms always have exit doors. And oftentimes, if we're not careful, we will exit the door of our waiting room through the door of compromise. In other words, we exit through the wrong door because it's hard to wait. That's exactly what Saul did. God said, wait. Samuel said, wait, and I will be there to offer an offering. But Saul waited and waited, and it felt like God was too late. Although God was actually on time because he had said, wait, there seven days, and it was the seventh day. God was on time, but Saul felt like God was late. Have you ever felt like God was late in life? Have you ever felt like, hey, I've been waiting for a while. Where is God? Uh, maybe you're a single woman and, and you said, you know what, according to my calendar, I should have been married five years ago and I should be on two and a half children by now. God, you're a little late now. And you know what happens in the waiting room is that we'll be tested. 
Saul waited for God and he felt like God was too late. And so he decided I'm going to take things into my own hand and I know what I should do, but I feel like God is late. And so therefore I'm tired of waiting on God. I'm going to exit this waiting room. I know it's not the best decision. It doesn't seem like God really wants me to go there, but I have no options. I'm going to exit anyways. Maybe... Uh, you're in a financial tough situation and you know that you could do something at your job to change it, but it's not quite legal or not quite honest, but you exit through the door of dishonesty because you feel like I'm tired of waiting and I'm in a tough spot. Maybe uh, you're tired of waiting for God to bring that person and you have a real desire to get married and, and you've prayed and you set standards for the kind of guy that you're going to marry but it seems like that guy doesn't show up or that relationship was going to work out and now it bails out and you say I'm tired I had my standards but now you start to compromise your standard and now suddenly you begin to date a person that's not a believer someone that doesn't share your faith and, and uh, your standards have been lowered lower and lower and you know Know in your heart you shouldn't be dating this person and that he really isn't at the same place spiritually, but you do anyways because you're tired of waiting. You see, I believe that all of us will be tested in the waiting room. I believe that every single one of our lives is going to be tested in the waiting room. And as you wait, you become impatient. And as you become impatient, God is testing. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? Will you trust me? listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Our message today is called Courage Forward in the Face of Fear. We're in the book of 1 Samuel. We'll continue in a moment, but if you'd like to hear this message again, or if you'd like to send a link to a friend who might need to hear this message series, you can do that online at boldstepsweekend.org. Look for the series, Rise, Live Your Best Life Yet. And then while you're online, you can also send your friends and family a link to our social media pages. We have a growing community of believers gathered on these platforms, and you can like and follow our page. Share Mark's latest posts or learn about this ministry. Just log on to your Facebook or Instagram accounts and search for Bold Steps Radio. We also want to let you know that you can find exclusive teachings and video messages from Mark on our YouTube channel. If you've ever had questions about what the Bible has to say on topics like dating, identity, purpose, be sure to get on YouTube and subscribe to the Bold Steps Radio channel. All right, right now, let's jump back into the second part of today's message. Again, here is Mark Joe. Maybe there's a married couple and they're in the waiting room of conflict in their marriage and the marriage isn't going well and, and, and there's conflict and there's not a, a good uh, peaceful situation and, 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 and someone says, you know what, I'm tired of this waiting room and, and they exit through the door of having an affair. And Saul did exactly that. He, he violated the timetable that God gave him. And by the way, can I remind you that God's clock is not synchronized to your clock? Can I remind you that you may think that God is late, but God isn't on the same timetable that you're on. In fact, God's ways are higher than your ways and God's understanding is higher than your understanding and what seems late to you might be right on time for God. You can't tell God, hey God, I think you're a little late. God is never late. Hello, never. And so if you think God is late, 
It's just that you're early. You're a little bit impatient. But God has his timetable, and Scripture tells us that his ways are higher than our ways, and his mentality is higher than our mentality, and that our finite mind cannot comprehend his infinite purposes, and the highest thoughts that we can have are lower than the lowest thoughts that God can have. And so, fear will cause us to exit the waiting room through the doorway of compromise. So he, he did what he shouldn't do because he was tired of waiting. Second thing I want you to know about fear or lack of courage, is that fear of losing control will often cause us to assume roles that are not ours to take. Notice what Saul does. It says, and Saul offered up a burnt offering, and just as he was finished making the burnt offering, Samuel arrived to greet him, and Samuel said, what are you doing? You see, Saul was a king, not a priest. In fact, Saul understood that it was only people of the descendants of Aaron that had been trained and ordained to be priests that could offer an offering before God. But because Saul became fearful of losing control and fearful that his army was scattering, Saul, although he had no right to function in the role of a priesthood because he was a king, he violated scripture and he assumed a role that was not, for, not his to take and he offered a burnt offering that he wasn't supposed to be offering because he was afraid of losing control. Can I tell you this? Oftentimes in life, fear and anxiety drives us to take roles, assume roles that aren't ours to take. I see this happening all the time. I see wives that think that they have to become a second Holy Spirit to their husband. Well, you know, I think your husband already has a Holy Spirit. Yeah, but I don't think he's listening to it. I'm going to help the Holy Spirit out. Well, don't you think the Holy Spirit will convict you? I'm not, he's not listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be the paraclete, the helper to the Holy Spirit. And you think that you're supposed to be the assistant Holy Spirit. And so you remind your husband of what he's doing wrong, and I'm around your husband of conviction, and you're kind of there to just kind of be the Holy Spirit there, the coach of the Holy Spirit, the word for the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, when you assume a role that's not your own, it'll be frustrating because I ask you, hey, is it working for you? No, because really your, your husband now feels like you're just a nag, not a Holy Spirit, not someone that's helping. You're just a nag that's bothering him and not really because you're assuming a role that's not yours to have. You see, here's what happens when we're afraid that we're going to lose control over something, then sometimes we assume a role that belongs to God or belongs to somebody else, but because we're afraid we're going to lose control, we step into that role and it's not our role to have. You may have a teenage son or daughter and you assume the role of detective or police instead of a parent because you're afraid of what's going to happen in their life. And you take on responsibility that's not yours to take on because you're driven out of fear. And here's what happens with fear. Anxiety, the root of anxiety is this. The root of anxiety is that we are trying to control things that we have no control over. What gets you really anxious is not the things that you can control, it's the things that you can't control. Think about it for a second. What is it that makes you stay awake at night, toss and turn? What is it that causes you to bite your nails? 
What is it that causes you to space out when you should be inputting information into your computer and you find yourself staring blank at your computer thinking about something else? What is the root of your anxiety? I can guarantee you that the things that cause you most to be anxious are things that you have no control over. And you see, our anxiety causes us to want to control things that we have no control over and therefore it leads us to try to assume roles that we shouldn't be in. The bride that's going to have an outdoor wedding starts to bite her nails over whether it's going to rain or not, but she has no control over the weather. Uh, The worker that hears about rumors of downsizing and layoffs at his job, he starts to worry about people that they're cutting out of their job, although his anxiety and his worry isn't going to do anything about the layoffs or downsizing, but he starts worrying about the future already. Uh, That person that's waiting for a medical report after an exam or an MIR uh, or a blood test, they're worrying about the worst possible scenario, yet your worrying cannot change the results. You have no control over the results of that doctor's report in your life. That parent that worries about her 16-year-old son or daughter at school and who they're going to run into and what's going to happen, safety issues in their life, yet you have very little control over what's going to happen in your, in your daughter's school. Uh, that parent that's constantly concerned about someone kidnapping their little son or daughter and, and worries incessantly about what's going to happen, is harm going to happen, yet they can do little about controlling the outward circumstances. You see, the things that we worry about the most, the things that we have most anxiety about, the things that cause us to want to move in and control things are the very things that we have no power over. God has given you a place and a role. Fulfill that destiny, fulfill that role, but don't try to be what you're not and don't try to take God's place because God is already on the throne. He doesn't need any assistance. Let God be God. You say, Pastor Mark, but what do I do about those things that I really need to, that really need to be changed and that I really worry about? Here's what you do. It tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, be anxious for nothing. Some things know nothing. A few things know nothing. This is Bold Steps Weekend, and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job. To learn more about Dr. Job or this ministry, visit us online at boldstepsweekend.org. And be sure to look for today's message titled, Courage Forward in the Face of Fear. Mark, it's always such a special pleasure to have Dr. Gary Chapman with us. It's the 30th anniversary of the publication of The Five Love Languages. 20 million copies of that book have been sold, and how many other books have been written on that theme? Gary, have you ever counted them up? I have not, but I think there's probably 10 or 12. I think there's, I think so. But God Speaks Your Love Language, Mark, is the one we're offering to our listeners. That's right. So I have read the five love languages years ago, and it really helped my marriage out. And so my wife and I go back and forth and we talk about it. But, you know, I had never thought about love languages when it comes to our relationship with God. Hmm. Um, But, Gary, you felt compelled to write a book because you felt that people's love language as they relate to God was important for them to understand. Can you unpack that a little bit? 
Yeah, one thing, I didn't want us judging other people who worship God a different way. I mean, mm. I'm, talking, I'm talking about true Christians, you know, because sometimes people raise their hands in the worship service and other people say, oh, don't draw attention to yourself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's their love language. They're expressing love to God in their way, you know. And so it's coming to respect other people who differ with us in love languages on how they relate to God. That's one part of it. Mm. And the other part is, you know, don't allow your own love language to get boring to you. Just now you're just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. You're not even really thinking about God. Let's keep it alive. Yeah. You know, the heart of this is intimacy with God, learning to relate to God in a way that's intimate, unique, and yours. I love that. Thank you, Dr. Gary Chapman. Yes, and right now we'd like to send you Gary's book, God Speak Your Love Language, when you give a financial gift to support this ministry. Call 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Or request a copy of this Bold Step gift online at boldstepsweekend.org. Several of our listeners like to send their donations through the mail. To do that, just put your check and request for the book in an envelope and send it to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And one final reminder, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to our podcast channel and get each of these daily messages downloaded automatically to your phone or mobile device. Whether you prefer Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast app, you'll find us by searching for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. Like our page and leave us a comment to let us know you're listening. And then share some of your favorite messages with friends and family. I also want to invite you to receive the free devotional Mark sends out to our listeners every week. It's called the Bold Stepper Weekly. Start your Mondays off right by receiving these encouraging messages straight from the desk of Mark Job. To sign up and learn more, Just go online to boldstepsweekend.org. Well, that's our time today. Join us next week as we continue the message, Courage Forward in the Face of Fear. It's part of our series on learning how to live your best life yet, and you'll hear it here on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Cho. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.